Well, blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word podcast. <laughs> We're continuing through the Gospel of Mark, just getting started in it. We've looked at the first four verses so far. So let me read those verses again and set the context for what uh, Mark is saying here. So here we go, chapter 1, verse 1. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. <clears throat> so we've already looked at this a little bit that the prophets had prophesied that there would be one who would come preaching, make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. In other words, be prepared, get ready. The Lord is coming, Messiah is coming. Then the very next verse is John the Baptist appeared. So Mark is obviously saying that John the Baptist is this one. Well, he describes a little more about him in verse 5. All the country of Judea was going out to him, and all the people of Jerusalem and they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sin. So just take a moment just to look at what's being said here. It says all the country of Judea was going out to him, and all the people of Jerusalem. Well, is this literal? Does this mean every single one? <laughs> it means the vast majority, okay? We use the same kind of phraseology. We'll say, well, everybody knows that. Well, it's not the point that every... Uh, individual in the world knows that, but there's very, very common language. It's a common understanding about something. And so he's saying that all the country of Judea knew about it. And the people of Jerusalem were going out, okay? They were going out to him because he was in the wilderness. And this is not a small number of people. I saw one, I think one commentator said there was likely somewhere around 300,000 people. 300,000 people that uh, would have gone out. And notice what they were doing. They were confessing their sins. They were acknowledging they were sinners. And they were being baptized by John the Baptist. So he was coming with the message, you need to repent, you need to confess, because the Messiah is coming. Make straight the way of the Lord. And they would come out and repent of their sin and he would baptize them a picture of uh, renewal a picture of a new life so verse 6 John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and his diet was locust and wild honey hmm. that's interesting that, that Mark uh, gives such personal descriptors here lets us know sort of what he looked like so he's clothed in camel's hair. And uh, we think, well, that's sort of a rough and gruff kind of thing. Well, not necessarily. Camel's hair can be a very, very refined uh, uh, material. But in this, this case, it was probably rough and gruff <laughs> okay, because of the balance and the rest of what was going on, that he was out in the wilderness. Apparently, he lived in the wilderness. Some people believe that he was with the uh, uh, ascetic group, the Essenes, who lived out in the wilderness. We know them best because they, we believe they are the ones that, um, that put what we call the Dead Sea Scrolls in the Qumran Caves. So anyway, he, he, he wore a very simple outfit, is the idea. And he wore a leather belt around him okay, and around his waist. 
and his diet was locust and wild honey. And so these locusts are locusts. They are the insect. I know some people come along and say, well, it's also a name for a, a nut, a fruit off a tree. <clears throat> well, perhaps, you know. But the word itself actually means the insect, okay? So he ate insects, which are totally edible. In our society, we go, well, I'm not sure about that. But they are. Uh, scripture tells us that. You know, they are. And so his diet was that and wild honey. So what's the picture? A picture is one who, uh, a picture of a man who lived simply off the land, basically, who had no agenda here, okay, who was simply coming, and he was what we see in the next verse, preaching. Verse 7 says he was preaching and saying, after me is coming one mightier than I. So that word preacher right there just means he's proclaiming, he's declaring something here. And he's declaring that there's one who's coming that's greater than I am, far mightier than I am. How much so? He says this, And I am not fit to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. The, the deed of a servant when the master would get home to, the, uh, to stoop down, to untie the sandal and take off the shoe. He said, I'm not even worthy of that. That this one is coming, he's mightier than I. Well, the question often comes, <clears throat> did... Um, John the Baptist know who this one was. Uh, not at this point in time, no. Because later on, he, he actually says, hey, uh, you know, the Lord told me the one that I see the Spirit come upon, he's the one, and that's about to happen when he baptizes him. But it hadn't occurred yet. So, last verse for today, verse 8, John says this, I baptize you with water, and that word with can mean uh, in <clears throat> or with or by water. Okay, so I baptize you with water, and what was that for? Well, they're confessing their sins. Remember, they're confessing their sins, and so it's an acknowledgement of that. He said, "I'm baptizing you with water." Again, that whole thing of baptism is uh, very, very important because it declares literally whose side you're on. <laughs> it's declaring within the unseen realm. Okay, it's declaring that uh, uh, you are the one who believes in what God has said and in the word of the Lord. But he says this, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So the one that is coming, that is mightier, that I'm not even worthy to stoop down on tie shoes, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You know, quite often we think, that the Holy Spirit only appears in the New Testament. <clears throat> well, this is in the New Testament, right? But this is still an Old Testament time right here. John the Baptist was the last of the Old Testament prophets. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so we see that he's declaring the Holy Spirit. And when you look in the Old Testament, you see the Holy Spirit throughout it. It's just that we have these preconceived ideas about what we think and what we think we know. Which are totally wrong. I mean, you'll hear people say it all the time. These things like uh, uh, the God of the Old Testament is the God of wrath, and you only see Him doing wrath. But the God of the New Testament is the God of love. Uh, such, such a misleading and incorrect statement. And I can't even count the ways that that's been used to deceive people. And because of that, there's vast numbers of people profess to be believers that have never even opened their Bible in the Old Testament part, much less read it or considered that it's worthy and that you can't understand the New Testament without the Old, right? 
What does John say? Hey, I'm baptizing you with water and you're repenting of sin. This is good. He said, but boy, there's one coming who's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And we find out later with fire. <laughs> That'll be interesting, won't it? Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye.